Welcome to Everyday People Podcast with me, Nyung Vo. I'm your everyday person whose mission is to give everyday people a platform to share their incredible story, learnings and life tools to inspire you to dream and live your best life. I believe that you don't have to be famous, turn over a million plus a year, have lots of degrees or be in a high position to have something powerful to share and leave a positive impact in your community. I believe the only prerequisite is that you are being you and you are living the amazing life that is meant to be for you. That is enough to inspire me to go live my best life. Will you join me on this journey of sharing, learning and living alongside everyday people? Today I'm interviewing the amazing Eleanor Moshe, who is also recently popping up on my LinkedIn and Instagram under the name The Construction Coach. Me and Eleanor actually go way back to high school days at Braywood College, where she was in the same year level as my older sister, who was one year above me. You would hear and know the name Eleanor because she was involved in the school's extracurricular activities and the teachers loved her. We had never spoken before, so it was a nice coincidence that years later we bump into each other in the construction industry at a Women in Construction networking event. Eleanor has a background in construction management and is currently working full-time for a builder. She's a guest lecturer at the University of Melbourne. She has continued to excel in extracurricular activities and now runs her own workshops to empower women in their career and life and has recently started her new online platform, The Construction Coach, with a focus on helping students to build and navigate a career in construction. My first question for you, Eleanor, what was it like growing up for you in the West and also as an only child? Ah, first of all, hi, Noel. <laughs> hi. Thank you so much for this. It's an absolute pleasure and a privilege to be on your new platform. It's very exciting. Wow, growing up in the West, well, I still live there. Well, um, up until I went to university, I really didn't know any different. Mm. I went to school in the West and high school in the West and everyone that I surrounded myself was from the West. So there was no stigma associated with growing up in a lower demographic suburb until I went to university and that's when you really start to have exposure to mm. societal classes and the school was my community, my family. As you said, I'm an only child. So it was a very insular sort of upbringing. It was advantageous to some extent to always stand out, both mm. being an only child. Everyone always had siblings and I was like, I want a sibling. And being also of a different of a different cultural background. Well, I was always a point of interest. It helped me to realise that, hey, it's okay to be unique. Mm. You don't need to fit in. You don't need to be like everyone else. And you have decades ahead of, ahead of you to forge your own identity that has nothing to do with the suburb that you came from. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's really good that you have that understanding. So what were your favourite subjects back in high school and how did you end up choosing construction? I was... I'd like to say really good, but I was good at graphic design and mm. art and certainly English. I have a lovely way with words. I thought that coming out of high school, I'm really good at graphic design. I'm going to go to architecture. So it was those subjects which did push me towards an architecture stream. So you did that and then you did construction management. It was actually through third year my friends and I, we ran an exhibition mm. for international architecture, um, at Chile, Chilean architects. 
And in that group, I found that I automatically assumed the position of planning, organising, coordinating. Mm. And then I realised that this is what actually, that's what I like. Wow. And that's what helped me to start seeing project management as, as a potential career path. Same time I applied to my construction master's degree and I got in and Describe to me what it was like when you first stepped into the construction industry compared to where you are at now. That was six years ago this year. Time flies when you're having fun. Wow. I felt both really excited because the industry from the outset seemed really challenging, really diverse and dynamic, which Mm. was engaging. But at the same time, I felt completely overwhelmed, lost and women are a absolute minority in the industry and that's Mm. not something I knew from the outset so Mm. I had to figure out what that actually meant and how to how to navigate that so but Mm. it was really through being proactive on my own part and yeah and forging relationships and seeking information and was absolutely helpful reflecting back especially as the construction coach Aligning myself with professional associations during the formative years of my career was one of the most valuable things that I could have done. That's a really good advice because it really helps you to build your own community if you can't find that in the workplace. So now about the ideas for your two side hustles. How did they come about? And it's related to construction, so it's inspired by your experience in construction? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we spoke about this before, but we're both really big believers in the universe and Mm. you don't know at the time why you're doing what you're doing, but when hindsight and reflection is a marvellous thing. And the first side hustle, it's called Workshop And, and that's founded with two other women in construction. So we're all involved in professional associations, but what we found is that they weren't always practical or gave you tangible outcomes when you went to an event. So we wanted to create our own platform which gave women the skills that they need to lead an empowered career in life. As a key part of our business model is to make education and personal development accessible from a financial point of view. How did the three of you decide on who who's doing what role and making sure that everyone agrees with an idea and there's no fights and how did you guys do that? Well, we met on event delivery for the non-for-profit association that we volunteered at and we found that together we have amazing synergy. Mm. We make up 100%, so I'm great at generating content, ideas, connecting people, talking to people. Mercy, she's just magic mercy, as we call her. Mm -hmm. She can produce imagery, graphics, designs, ideas, e-books. It's incredible. Is she an architect? No, she's a business development manager but has a graphic design background. And Amanda ties it all together with a nice bow and she's our event delivery hustler. Like when when you are around Amanda, you don't need to think about anything because she has everything under control. Everything prepared. Everything. (laughs) Everything. Her delivery is faultless. So we realised, hey, we work really well together. So a key part of how we run it is by playing to our strengths Mm always supporting each other but we also know that we're not always available to make a decision so we trust in the decision making ability of each other and know that it's for the greater good of what we're trying to do which is empower women. That's great advice to trusting others 
especially when you're in the same team, like I find in construction, you have to trust your team as members and make them accountable for the role they play. If you don't do that, you end up micromanaging or you end up running the show yourself and the outcome is not as good as when everyone puts in their bits and shows their strengths. And then my recent platform that I've launched is the Construction Coach. So it's a platform to help students and graduates build a career in construction via career intelligence and industry insights. So as I said before, when I was standing at the outset of the industry looking in, I had no idea the construction industry was really confusing. So Mm -hmm. Probably how you came across me because I'm really active on yeah. LinkedIn and Instagram to promote it because I'm just very passionate about it. And it's something that I've been doing for two and a half years before the construction coach. I've been tutoring and mentoring students in the construction industry or being a keynote speaker at events and yeah. they come back and attest a part of their success to me. Wow. It's all them. Yeah. But it's such a rewarding feedback loop which just gives me the energy to want to do this on a larger scale so exciting times that's amazing so it sounds like their feedback made you realize how valuable your advice is 100 percent. yeah again via reflection I'm really fortunate to be in that position because of the mentoring that I've had it's the people who have taken a vested interest in my personal and professional development, whether long-term or short-term. Yeah. Mentoring can be either, but that's been really formative. I'm so thrilled to be in a position to now pay that forward and that's... That's really amazing. Thank you for doing that. I wish I had you when I was at uni. (laughs) (laughs) So you mentioned that you started journaling a year and a half ago when these side hustles started because you had a fear of not being successful After looking back at your entries, is there a snippet that sparked something in you that you want to share with us? Yeah, no, journaling has been an amazing tool to help me get out of my own head. Mm. I'm I'm a deep thinker, I think, all the time. And journaling has also helped me to create the the big picture vision of what I what I desire for my life and what I'm able to call in. It's funny, for example, when I was it was probably two weeks ago, I was like, I desire to be on a podcast. Yeah. And oh wow. The universe listened and I'm on a podcast. So there is huge power to your words and your vision. One when you speak it out loud, but two when you put it down on paper and you act as if. This was a post from the start of the year was a bit difficult so I put a sticker that says don't forget and I said (laughs) don't forget my dreams and desires for this life are not impacted by the feedback and opinions of others this less than average reality is temporary no one is going to take away my big vision and that helps to ground myself in the presence but never lose sight or energy of what's yet to come no one can take that away from you and that's something that I've been working on this year is to unhook myself from other people's criticisms or feedback positive or negative that work is to be done internally and the feedback that really matters is from the people who you are looking to serve and obviously your loved ones and also yourself and you're proud of yourself and you're proud of what you're doing that that matters the most absolutely So you've also mentioned that you are a personal development junkie. I don't know anyone, I haven't met anyone who's called themselves that. So what does that mean, Eleanor? Oh, well, that's a new term. Hopefully we'll catch on after this (laughs) podcast on the other junkies. I 
am a huge self-development yet junkie. So I spend a lot of time investing in myself. I want to consistently up-level and that means exposing myself to new ideas, new ways of thinking, looking at the breadcrumbs that successful people have left behind. How do they run their mm. life? What What's their mindset like? So it's also a lot of mindset work and I've known this for a very long time that the the best investment I can ever wait, make is in myself in order to get there. You can't do it alone. You need mentors. So mentors are books, they're podcasts, yeah. they're going to events, they're networking, it's meeting people, it's connecting with people, it's generosity, it's so many things. So I absolutely love the sense of discovery that you get when you pick up a book about whether it be wealth or playing big or productivity or, you know, my next book is going to be The Tools of Titans by Tim Ferriss. So I'm just really excited at what I will discover and then implement because the key thing is the implementation. It's mm. pretty much useless absorbing all this knowledge if you're not going to do anything with it. The magic is in the action. But that also really helps me to help other people because the repertoire of knowledge that I can build when people, when I come across people or they engage me for coaching, I'm in a bit better position to assist. How do you stay on top of it and make sure you're relevant or, you know, the next book that's come out, you know about it or there's a a good podcast you should be across? How do you make sure you're across the topics that you care about? The internet. Yeah. So it's via blogs. It's via following the people that I, I guess, look up to or absorb information from. So, you know, I follow all my favourite podcasts at the moment. I'm, I listen to it daily when I'm in the car without fail is Chris Harder's For the Love of Money. He talks about books that he's read mm. or he has guests which have authored a book. So I'll immediately go and buy that book. It's looking at the content that the people around me are consuming and going to see if that's of interest to me. Where do you note it down? Do you have like a list of books? Yeah. Like on Goodreads? I use Goodreads. I love that app. I need to get onto an app. <laughs> I'm, I've got a, a notebook and I just write it down when I come across it. So you have a self-development notebook yep. with all your ideas. And yep. Yeah. So I don't buy all the books straight away because otherwise it becomes a shelf help and I don't want shelf <laughs> help. I want, I want, you know, to actually consume it. So I'll have, a, I'll have sort of a, a pipeline of books and then depending what stage I'm at, I'll select, okay, this is what I'm going to want to read next, whether that be a mindset, a wealth, uh, if I want to be on a wealth journey, if I'm, you know, right now it's that sort of startup entrepreneurial journey. So I'm reading more books about about that. Mm. And I love Book Depository. It's not sponsored. <laughs> so how do you find time for this personal development things that you do, plus, you know, working full time and you're to new platforms? I've, I don't know if I've always been this way, but I'm very controlling of my time. My time is my most precious resource. I don't just give it out. This is the work that I need to do right now, daily, consistently, in order to get where I need to be. So even if it's a 10 minute you know, snippet of a podcast, I'll listen to it. I'd rather do something than nothing. And then, of course, there are days when I'm so tired and all I want to do is watch Netflix, which is also okay because you have to learn how to rest, not quit. But I'm, I, it's, it's a priority. For other people, it's exercise. And for me, it's reading and, and consuming knowledge. So I'm always 
looking for the content to consume as well. You get what your mind focuses on. Yeah, I completely agree with that. So were you always like that or how did you how did you start, you know, picking up that habit to continue managing your time well? It was maybe, uh, probably it was when I started working full-time and at first I was doing full-time university but then I dropped to part-time university and then I took up more extracurricular activities and I knew that these is, this is what I really wanted to be doing. I need to do this. If I don't do it, no one else will. So I had to be controlling of my time and, and be very structured because I owed it to myself. I knew that this is what I needed to do in order to have a sense of success and satisfaction. But then it's also seasonal. Some seasons you're in hustle mode and this is all you want to be doing. Other, other seasons you just want to do nothing and go on holiday. So it's and, about you, and even during that time, you find so much inspiration exactly. from doing nothing and going on holidays and noticing things around you instead of, you know, having your eyes on a book exactly. or That's a where laptop you, screen. Yeah, absolutely. That's where you generate new ideas. So it's also about being cognizant of where you're at right now. I've asked you to bring in the latest book that you've read. Is there an idea that you loved that you would want to share with my listeners? Speaking of books, and I'm glad I just finished this book and it wasn't some average novel, the book is called Playing Big by Tara Moore, M-O-H-R. It's a practical guide for brilliant women like you. So I'm all about the practical, which is why when I saw this book, I had to pick up and read straight away. She has a chapter on fear and fear is something that for me has been all consuming and for others it can be a fear when you want to start something new, do something else, whatever it is. But she has a chapter on differentiating the different types of fear. So there's the type of fear that it's it's based on the Hebrew word pachad which is about speculating. This is what you do. It's an irrational fear that stems from worries about what could happen, about the worst case scenarios we imagine. Mm. So it's us jumping to conclusions that are highly unlikely. They're not going to happen. The second type of fear, it's not even fear, it's also from the Hebrew Bible. It's called yira. So yira is a fear that overcomes us when we inhabit a larger space than what we used to. So it's a sign that you've up-leveled. It's also a feeling we experience when we suddenly come into position of considerably more energy than we had before. So that's what I experience with a construction coach. You're all of a sudden really driven. You're always wanting to, to work on it, to produce content for it. You are never tired. Like it doesn't feel like work. And then the third part of Ira is it's what you feel in the presence of the divine. So being able to differentiate between, I guess, the bad fear or the fear that we make up in our own mind was a fear that is not even fear. It's it's energy. It's a sign that you are operating in a new level, a higher, a higher purpose has been really fantastic because I catch myself out when I'm like, you know, I want to do something. And then, oh, should I? And you start going through the, what if this happens? What if that happens? No, hang on. This is not the kind of fear that um, that we're talking about. It's it's actually the positive fear. It's the adrenaline, in a sense. Um, that was something that was really formative for me from this book. 
as well as her two chapters on your inner critic and your inner mentor. Mm. So I'm sure we all have the inner critic within us, the voice that never shuts up, that tells us how horrible we're doing, that will stop us in our tracks, that tells us how bad we look, how average we're performing and how we need to silence that voice and stop listening to it. And we need to start asking our inner mentor. Our inner mentor is that wiser future version of ourselves that we're trying to step into and actually listening to her or him or whoever that that is for you and listening to what they have to say because we have a tendency to always look external to ourselves for information when we're trying to make a decision or or something formative in our life when we also need to be just as good as looking internally so having a really deep introspection because deep 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 down I'm sure we all know what it is that we want to be doing but there's certain aspects that hold us back like our inner critic so this book has been absolutely formative in helping me shift my mindset. I I love the chapter about fear and I recently spoke to my housemate about it something similar where I look into the future too much so that's when we're speculating with you know, what can happen. And she reminded me to just be present, Jung. Just enjoy the present. Why are you worrying about what's happening next? That's Uh, also a concept that I learned from probably one of the most formative books. It's called The Code of the Extraordinary Mind. It's written by Vishan Lakshini. I can't remember his name exactly, but he has a concept called bending reality. So bending reality is having a strong vision for the future mm. but living in the presence. Yes, I need to do that. Yes. Yep. <laughs> so that concept has been what I'm abiding by. Yeah. I'll do everything I can now. And I know, you know, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, what I want my life to look like, but I'm not going to worry about how or what yeah. or when. Enjoy the process of what, you, what you're doing now. Enjoy the process and, and live in the now. Now I have... Five questions, quick questions for you. The first is, what is your favourite self-care tip? Learn to rest, not quit. What do you do for resting? I don't leave the house and I don't talk to anyone. (laughs) (laughs) And I watch Netflix um, and I sleep in. It could be even just going out for brunch. Yeah. Not talking about what I'm doing, what I'm working on, just being present with my friends and catching up with people. Yeah. Name a show on Netflix that you recommend. Oh, I have a, I don't watch conventional things, so I really like highly intense, dramatic series that are a bit uh, of an Israeli background. So mm. I was born in Israel. Uh, this is not a show for everyone. It's highly strong and it's called Foda, which is the Arab word for chaos. I don't wow. necessarily recommend it. It's very intense, but if you like intense dramas with a lot of war and intelligence, yeah, I'm, I'm into all that. Um, Based on a true story? The Mossad, yes. Mm. Yeah. So excerpts from it are, but the, the plot itself isn't. What is your favourite phone app? Instagram and LinkedIn. They have been, they are imperative to doing what I need to do in terms of building a brand putting my business out there, putting my message out there. The power of social media nowadays is remarkable if you put out value-adding, authentic content. So you, you say... Actually, Canva as well. I don't have a graphic 
design bone in my body anymore and Canva has been just absolutely fantastic to helping me put together a, a, a good Instagram post or a collated story or something. My next question is what mantra have you been using recently or what positive self-talk have you been putting out into the world? There's been a bit on wealth and abundance that's obviously a consequence of listening to Chris Harder's podcast, knowing that everything that I call in, that I have the ability to co-create with the universe to create the life that I desire for myself. So I do constantly reaffirm that to myself, as well as knowing that it's all going to be just fine. Yeah. And, and then some. It's, it's just, like you said before, it's letting go of the... How am I going to get there? Is it going to happen? So it's been a lot of positive reaffirmation that everything that I'm doing right now is and where I'm meant to be is exactly where I'm meant to be. Yeah. I love that one. I use that one too. My last question for you is what's a new interest that you randomly picked up? New interest. Actually, going to investing in myself in a whole other level so I'll be going to Tony Robbins' Unleash the Power Within event in September and there's also a National Achievers Conference or Congress coming up in August in Melbourne. Grant Cardone and Gary V are, are headlining. So I've taken investing in myself to a whole other level. I buy, you know, these tickets aren't cheap but it's an extension of investing in myself not just via books and podcasts, but I'm actually, I'm showing up with this. I'm here to play and I invest also in proximity. So I didn't buy the the cattle class ticket. I bought the, the pretty good tickets because wow. in it's about proximity. It's about the people that I'm going to be meeting and I love meeting people and it's meeting people who are where I want to be. So that's something that I'm excited to be delving into and doing more of this year. I love that you've decided to go all the way and all invest in. properly. And Yeah, <laughs> I'm sending a message to the universe. There's nothing half-assed about this. It sounds really fun. I hope it goes really well and you meet some more amazing people like yourself. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it. So that's the end of our chat. It's been a pleasure and a privilege having this conversation with you. Thank you. Thanks, Eleanor, and good luck with your two side hustles. I know you're going to do really well and you're going to change a lot of lives. Thank you. You've just listened to the Everyday People podcast with Nyungvo. You can find out more about Eleanor at theconstructioncoach.com.au and workshopand.com. You can connect with her via Instagram and LinkedIn. Listen to more episodes of the Everyday People podcast with inspiring everyday people on iTunes or Spotify.